Welcome to another edition of Collector's Quest. On this episode, Stefan, myself, and Tyler are talking about same name, different game. And I know you can go to YouTube, you can find these videos everywhere, you can find forum listings. So what's our take on it? What's What are we doing different that makes you want to listen to this rather than just go watch a video? Well, as you know, this is Collector's Quest, so we aren't looking at necessarily the gameplay. We are identifying that the gameplay is different, but then we're talking about which version is more collectible based on that. So is the Genesis more collectible? Is the Super Nintendo one? Maybe it's the 3DO one? Whatever it is. And this is going to be a series of videos that we do and we're going to kind of identify the difference in the prices, like what the gap is between the two and and long-term what we think. If you were going to pick one of them up, which is the best one to pick up. And we'll talk a little bit about the games themselves too, because it's interesting that a game, especially back in, you know, the retro period, could have two games exactly the same name. And this happens all the time. And they're nothing even remotely the same. So and I'm not just talking about from like Game Boy to Nintendo. I'm talking Super Nintendo to Genesis, two comparable systems. So anyways, that's our take. Thanks for listening. And here's the show. to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny, here with Stefan. Stefan, take us off topic. Uh, So this is my second week of keto, and I am really angry at everything and kind of stupid. But still fat. But still fat. (laughs) No, here it works in like two or three weeks, so any time soon, you'll be skinny again, and it'll (laughs) feel great. Yeah. There are there are significant studies saying that it's it's good for fighting cancer, and so Heather wanted to do it, and I was like, okay, well, it would just be easier for us to both do it than one person do it and the other person not. So I'm back on keto, and I'm in that transitional period where my body hates me and is very confused, and I am stupid and hate everything. You know, it's nice that it's just a transition period for you, because I pretty much live in that period. <laughs> Which, <laughs> being stupid and hating everything? Yeah, yes. Pretty much that, yeah. Yeah. Though I've actually never been, like, seriously called stupid, so maybe I just hate everything. That's not true. I, I'm i generally f- kind of positive. It's weird because I seem grumpy, but I, in general, I, I describe myself as an optimist. Which people look at me and they're like, what? Yeah, but it's true. Everyone, everyone else describes you as intimidating. I don't think I'm intimidating. No, you're not, but people think that. You're an army veteran who's... Air Force. Air Force vet. I don't know the difference. I know the difference. I got to cut also, that. Someone's going to give me shit. But we we have talked about your angry resting face many times. Uh, yeah, I do. I have resting bitch face. That's a true statement. But people like everything like you're an optimist. I'm like, yeah, I, like, you know, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't an optimist. It's, you know, deep you gotta- voices cover up joy, Johnny. Your voice is just so deep that we can't hear the joy that's bursting out of it. I don't think my voice is even very deep. Though the joke is like, um, you've seen the stupid Darth Vader like poster where it's like happy, sad, and it's just like Darth Vader's face. Yep. They say that about me at work. <laughs> like, oh, that's Johnny's happy face, and just is a blank face. They're just like, hmm. yeah, 
that's also a sad face. So that joke has been made. Anyways, uh, what are we talking about, guys? Now that we've like gone way off topic, and Stefan's angry, and yeah. and you know wants bread so fucking bad that he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> it's what the audience wants, Johnny. They want us yeah. to go off topic. They want us to be human. Oh man, I didn't need to drop the f bomb there. <sighs> I didn't even notice. Don't worry, yeah, I know it, it just humorous. flows. I or was we could go out when you said bitch. We could just choose one or the other. Let's just pick one. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to pick one. Uh, we'll we'll do it at the end of this episode. Maybe the people can tell us what do you want. Are bleeps funnier? Like, do we leave it in and bleep it, or do we just try to be good? You tell us. Anyways, uh, Tyler, what is the topic? Johnny, I've been thinking for two minutes on something something that's named keto that means something else, and I'm coming up blank. We're talking <laughs> about things with the same name that are different games. Same name, different games. Man, no one has ever done this thing before. There's only about 5 million YouTube videos on it. And I was really sad to find that out. And a bunch of articles. But this is where we come in and we have a different take. So, yes, you can go find out about a bunch of Sega games and that were also, you know, Super Nintendo games and which one's better. But no one ever talks about the collectability. And weird, this is a show for collectors, so we're going to approach it from that angle. So we will talk a little bit about the gameplay, why it's different, but we're going to pretty much walk you through different versions of a game that has the same name and give you the collector's aspects. How much is it going for? Complete, loose, you know, if you were just going to gun to your head and buy one, maybe which one you should buy. And also, I I consider myself fairly well-versed in video games, and you guys both each had an example I did not realize was different on different platforms. So maybe you'll even learn something about the gameplay. You also didn't know Pirates of Dark Water was a cartoon. Had no idea. (laughs) over my Because it's not important. You know what? That game's uncommon because no one cares about the Pirates of Dark Water. No, that's not true. God, why do you say... This is not the company in which to have that opinion. (laughs) Yeah, whoa, whoa. Oh, man, Whoa. the exact age group that was seven years old when Pirates of Dark Water was on TV. I'll your, have you your know single I was slice 11. of history. I was 11, you son of a bitch. No, I was actually older than that. God, 91, I was uh, 13, 12, 12. I was 10. Now that we've settled that, and we're, we're going to do this from a collector's perspective... Tyler, do you want to start us off, or do you guys want me to lead us? And no, you, you said to... you were starting, Johnny. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I, I didn't know, you know, if you wanted to be first, so I can definitely talk about it. So, uh, my first game, and this is a super easy one to go with, and, you know, there's not there's not a lot of variants of this game. It's Sunset Riders. You will find it on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. It is an arcade game originally. That's where it came from. And people say to me, they're like, oh my god, that that's different. And by people, I mean Tyler. No idea. I've only played it on Super Nintendo and in arcades. Right. Uh, and the Super Nintendo version is a more faithful arcade port. It, it It's trying to be a port. The Genesis version is not trying to be a port. It is... It, like, saw the arcade game and then kind of did its own thing. Um, It's more limited. You don't get as many characters. We don't need to go too much into the gameplay. It's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, no matter which system you play it on. Uh, I think the superior version is the Super Nintendo one. Uh, You have more range and stuff. Uh, It's also, sadly, the more expensive version. So the Super Nintendo version of Sunset Riders will cost you about $60 if you want just a cart, 60 to 80 And if you want it complete, 
you could run. I mean, you, sometimes you get lucky and find it for like 150, but really it's like a 225 uh, game for inbox, something around there. Or the Genesis one, um, sadly, is just like 30 bucks for a loose cart, but don't buy loose Genesis carts. Or uh, 60 ish for a complete one, so it's not so bad. Both good games. You won't be sad to play either of them. The arcade. I'm not going to tell you what an arcade board is worth. Uh, Three to four hundred bucks, Johnny. It's a very okay, collectible ga- arcade game. Um, yeah, Game Value now has those. So if you're into into that, that's true. I would say if you were going to collect one, I think the Genesis one is actually a value buy only at like sixty dollars right now for a complete one. Sometimes even down to like forty five range. Um, but you know, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo is Super Nintendo, so it's got a little bit more cachet. That is coming down a little bit. You know, if you told me to buy one right now, I would probably actually buy the Genesis one if I was looking to get value. I, I would think that maybe the Genesis one has more room drives, but who knows? The, you know, Super Nintendo stuff could all just spike again, and then I could be wrong, and it's suddenly a $400 game and curse my name. So, Or the arcade one for that value. One day, people will... I don't know if arcade games will ever go crazy like video games yeah, have. I don't think so. So that's my game. Tyler, what do you got? Uh, I will start with Ninja Gaiden because Ninja Gaiden is both a game I care very much about and it is... I So as soon as Johnny picked this topic, I thought, Ninja, I thought of the game that had the most versions that have the same name and Ninja Gaiden might be that. So the first game, Ninja Gaiden... That's the arcade game. Johnny, have you ever seen a Ninja Gaiden cabinet? Uh, yes. As a kid? Um, actually, you know, I don't know if I've seen a Ninja... Or if it was a refurb one. Like, just a redone. Stefan, have you ever seen a Ninja Gaiden cabinet? My problem is that in my head, Ninja Gaiden and Shinobi are often the same game, which I know they're not. No, the Ninja Gaiden... It's like a weird arcade beat-em-up game, right? Yeah, it's like the most generic ninja beat-em-up game in the world. And, you know, they they all came out, like, relatively close to each other. Like, Ninja Gaiden on the NES and the arcade one, they both came out in, like, what, 88? Yeah, they were developed simultaneously, and but yeah. different, that's why they're different. Did you know all three Ninja Gaiden games were developed, like, at the same time? What, what the three NES ones? Yeah. Well, that's some trivia I did not... How, how does that even make sense? The third one's so much more advanced. The second well, one's I mean, so they, much more like, advanced. They, they, it was the same team. They basically they made the first one. They just like they kept a concurrent. They were like building the story as they went along. That's why it has a story. Anyways, I don't need to bog you down with Ninja Gaiden trivia as you're talking about this collector stuff. Not All even right. your turn, God. Yeah. Well, I was asking him. I was asking him because I I've been to a ton of arcade shows. I've been to big arcades like Fun Spot and Pinball Wizard when that was a thing. I was in local arcades in the '90s. I go to our barcades now all across the country. I've seen people's private arcade collections. I don't think there is one time in my life I've ever seen a Ninja Gaiden machine. It's not super rare. You can get an arcade PCB for a hundred bucks, but for all the cachet that the Ninja Gaiden name holds, just not a collectible arcade game for whatever reason. No, because it's a weird beat 'em up. It's not. It's not what you want. If you think of Ninja Gaiden, it's that's not what you want, right? I feel like so. The, that same game was ported to the Atari Lynx, and I, mean, I don't I don't know rarity of Lynx games, but I would guess it's like fifty to a hundred bucks on the Lynx, and I would guess the only reason 
that that game is worth more than twenty dollars is because it has the Ninja Gaiden logo on it, right? Probably, yeah. It yeah, means they also, something. They also have Ninja Gaiden three on the links too. So, but yeah, that links one can be hard to find. Yeah, I know because I've actively been looking for a complete copy. It's also been ported to uh, every computer imaginable: DOS, like all those European computers. No one cares about the PC version. ZX Spectrum. Yep, yep, all those stupid things. They're like 50 bucks. I don't know. Maybe there's some rare versions over there, but uh, there's no one a really lot cares of weird, about computer games. It's a, like on the micro PCs or whatever. There there was like I think five versions that were made. I think the ZX Spectrum was like the best of them. At least graphically. How could the ZX Spectrum be the best of them? That sounds crazy to me, but Yeah, well, that look the that's not speaking highly of the ZX Spectrum. That's speaking poorly of all those ports. There go. Are you okay? Are you okay, listeners? There you go. Yeah. No one listening to this podcast plays microcomputer games because we all have taste. Cool. Uh, Excellent. The, the Ninja Gaiden game that matters also came out in 1988. It's the NES game developed concurrently with the arcade game. Everybody knows this game. That's why it costs $5. One of the most common NES games. $50 complete. Uh, I don't know of any fancy variation or anything there's nothing desirable about ninja gaiden i was bidding on a sealed copy the last one on ebay um i put in a crazy bid because i'm just like i'm just i need to knock this out it's one of my favorite games ever i'm not like a big sealed guy but uh it got delisted and then so gixon my auction sniper showed when i clicked the link it showed that it sold for three thousand dollars <laughs> Uh, which I don't know if that was a bug or that was a best offer that eBay was somehow showing me. It wasn't appearing under e- eBay sold listings. Uh, but just for reference, Ninja Gaiden sealed maybe a $400 game. So that is a uh, a big premium if someone indeed paid $4,000 uh, in the brave new world of everyone trying to push game collecting to level 10 within the span of two months. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, th- I'm... I'm waiting for the regression model to happen and, and see where where that stuff starts to fall back at. If it does, it, it's I, crazy that... Uh, I'll let Tyler explain how Wild Heritage Auctions is. That's his new favorite TV show to watch. Oh, it is. I, we, could, we could have a whole episode on that. Um, we should. I, I we love should. it. That, we should just have an episode. All right, but there are so episode. many more versions of Ninja Gaiden. Go on, yeah, Tyler. Yeah, so... Uh, then we had a, a three-year gap with no game named Ninja Gaiden. But then in 1991, we got the Game Gear version, which is uh, it's a horrible game made by Sega themselves, licensed from Tecmo. Uh, it's like 15 minutes long. It's one of these games that's like five levels, which is just too long to be comfortably playing it in three lives. So the way they extend the gameplay length is that you just can't continue. Uh, so no one wants to play that game. I played it. Did you like it? I thought it was all right. I didn't. I I had no fun playing it. Uh, it's it's worthless card only because it's a Game Gear game and no one likes Game Gear, including Johnny. He just likes having those purple boxes lined up. Five. It's a five dollar game. Yeah, go on. Yes. Uh, sometimes like it's kind of all over the place because again the Ninja Gaiden name. Sometimes people will be like, "Well, fifteen bucks. I want it. It's Ninja Gaiden. Don't spend more than like seven bucks on it." Complete. It's like rare because it's a handheld game only like every once every few months a copy will sell and game value now puts them at 50 to 100 bucks but like go whatever it's one of these cardboard handheld games that doesn't show up and you'll be bidding against johnny so good luck nope i have it okay never mind you won't be bidding against johnny yes i I don't care so 
one year later, we got one more game named Ninja Gaiden, and that was on the Sega Master System. Again, a completely different game from all these other games. This one came out in Europe and Australia only, because it was 1992. Sega Master System died in 1991 in America with Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh, Sega Master System lives forever in every other part of the world. This game is like if someone explained Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3 to a completely different developer who was not able to look and see what the game actually was. <laughs> so it's a very... It has elements of all three of the first games, like stuff pushes against you like a Ninja Gaiden 2, and you can hang from stuff like a Ninja Gaiden 3, but everything just feels weird. Like the whole game is a little bit too fast. I don't, I don't know. Johnny it's likes easier. It. It's definitely an easier game, and you can wall jump. I don't think it's bad. I think you just want Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3, and that's all you want. So I don't think you have room in your heart for these games. No, it's, I don't think it's bad. It's just not as good as the Ninja Gaiden games. I don't know. I played Shadow of the Ninja. That's Ninja Gaiden-ish, and that game's pretty good. I think it's better than this Master System game. You can't... Uh-huh. So my big thing in this one is you can't run and attack at the same time. So you'll be running along, and then you attack, and it brings you to a stop. And that's just crazy in a Ninja Gaiden game, because that the whole game is about flow to me. And, like, you'll be hanging from a ledge, and you can't just jump to get up on the ledge. You have to press up and jump. And it's like, oh, I don't want to... Need this to be flowy. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, look, it's it's not as good. But we're we're also talking about a top ten Nintendo game, a top like a top ten classic game. So like it, it's hard to it's hard to like pit the Master System version against that and say, well, it's garbage. Because I think it's if not. it wasn't Ninja Gaiden, it, it's like a pretty solid game, and you're just a, a little a little salty because it's not exactly Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Sims. I don't know who they are. They're the, de- the developer of uh, Master System Ninja Gaiden. They did a better job than Sega did on the Game Gear version. And those are basically the same hardware. Uh, so anyway, that game uh, worth about $75 complete. It does not seem super rare because uh, it even shows up on US eBay. And that means that people are like, oh, I got to sell those to those Americans. They're buying our common games for tons of money over there. But yeah, you could pretty easily get that. Yeah, it it is expensive though, right? At seventy five bucks. Um, the ones at, it is like pretty solid seventy five bucks, maybe eighty dollars. So yeah, I was gonna say I think it's like seventy five to a hundred, depending on the day. It does sell pretty regularly though. So like, don't just snap off and buy a hundred and twenty dollar one. It's something you can use, and you don't have to go to Europe to, or you don't have to buy from international sellers if you don't want to. You will find it in the U.S. market if you want to. Maybe. I bought a lot of Master System games from Germany for some reason. Like, I don't even know if this game came out in Germany. Oh, because it was Europe and Australia, but I didn't see anything about Brazil. So yeah, maybe it did come out in Germany, but I don't know. Yeah. That's just how eBay is. Yep. One more game, Johnny. Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox. Everyone knows what that is. One of the best 3D action games. I don't know if it's the best. One of the most important, certainly. It's an absolutely phenomenal game. It might be the best game on the Xbox. Uh, yes. Uh, runs at 60 FPS in an era where everything ran at 30 FPS, so it looks amazing, and it is totally not collectible. It's, like, literally a $2 game. It, it's so sad that all the Ninja Gaiden games are all $5. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> at least that means you that can get a America. sweet... Yeah, if you want just, like, basic versions of Ninja Gaiden, you can get a sweet Ninja Gaiden collection for 5 bucks a game, so that's cool. I mean, that's the great thing about game collecting. Like, if you want good games, especially if you just want players' copies, it's like, dude, games is the cheapest hobby you could have. It's almost as cheap as reading. 
Oh yeah, just about. And the Xbox One, if you guys haven't played it, I'm not telling you go play Ninja Gaiden. Go play Ninja Gaiden Black. It's the same game, just uh, made better. Uh, that's that's not called Ninja Gaiden though. So I don't think we I know. About I, well, I'm telling them if they're gonna go play one. If you're gonna play one, go buy it. Black. It's the better version of I that game. I never played but Black, so I don't know. Really? They fixed the camera. Yep. I don't know. I just yeah, like I played Ninja they, Gaiden. I don't. I don't maybe it's better. It, I don't know. Also, you can increase the difficulty if that's something you want to do, which I did. I have beat that game on the hardest difficulty, and I my wife just watched me. I went into like a weird coma for several months just playing. I was just like, this is the only game I ever want to play. Because it's challenging enough to let you know when you die that it's not the game's difficulty is the problem. It's that you suck. If you were better, you would be doing well. So get good, son. That's basically what that game says. Ninja Gaiden as a whole does a really good job at that. They it really does. And that's like in a, you know, when people get really hesitant about games making that leap from the 2D to the 3D era, I think Ninja Gaiden captured the spirit of itself completely there. I, I think after Ninja Gaiden 2 uh, Sigma or whatever, it, it all kind of falls apart though. So just stop. Yeah, so I th- we mentioned this before the show, and I think it's a neat bit of trivia, so I want to say it. Uh, in the Master System version of Ninja Gaiden, you can do a wall jump, like a triangle jump, where you jump off a wall. And that was brought into the Xbox version, which is just so cool. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional. It might just be like a ninja thing that was really obvious. But in terms of like a really faithful 2D to 3D transition, that's really neat. Johnny. You missed it. a game, though. <laughs> no, I you have missed one. one more bit of fancy trivia two more bits all right there's a canceled sega genesis game it was going to be called ninja gaiden it was a beat-em-up whatever but you can get a copy of it you can get a copy of it really yeah the the code is out there oh you could like download a copy i thought you were saying like yeah. there's enough prototypes that you could just go buy one no 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 i mean i'm sure you could put a rom on a piece of hardware yeah, yeah you can spend fifty dollars if you want a copy of this just because I think it's so funny how many games are named Ninja Gaiden. Uh, one more bit of trivia is that sh- uh, Ninja Gaiden Shadow in Europe is just called Shadow Warriors, which is what they call Ninja Gaiden over there. So they have another game that's named the same thing. Yes. What a mess. And then our Game Boy one is Ninja Gaiden Shadow. It's Ninja Gaiden Shadow, ninja- which used to be a Shadow of the Ninja game. <laughs> yeah. And then, Tyler, you missed one, though. Oh, did I? You missed that sweet tiger handheld ninja gaiden oh okay so yeah the tiger <laughs> one uh super collectible it's got really good gameplay um it's trash Stefan like has one <laughs> i've got a ninja gaiden 3 one i can't even tell if it works it's so such they're a like 20 dollars. don't don't buy this thing it's awful like i look if you want to collect tiger handheld stuff that's cool weirdos like Stefan and you can have a conversation and maybe <laughs> maybe be friends uh me i i Look, they're hard to store. They're hard to display. Then you like the debate whether you keep them sealed or like buy them sealed. And then there's that super premium. I don't like anything about them. Also, the piercing noise of the beeps in those things just, I you know, I I just flash back to hating those as a child. I hated them as a child. I've no not been a fan of portables since as like I, I maybe this is where my disdain for like portables come from is because my first portables were like Tiger handheld games that people gave me, and I was just like. This is the worst thing. That's actually not true, because I had one of those little mini Pac-Man cabs. It was like the first thing I had, and a Frogger one. And those were pretty good, actually. I don't know. The Tiger ones, though, so bad. Anyways, 
That's not on topic. No, I've got a question for the expert, because Stefan's the expert of Tiger Handhelds. Do those screens rot over time or something? I thought there was like some kind of preservation problem with Tiger Handhelds. And I'm asking because I mean, my Ninja Gaiden 3 is garbage. I think they're just difficult to dump like from that. I don't, well, I don't think it's like a... You don't, don't think know. like there's a, a problem with te- technology degrading over time? No. Well, no, I think I think a lot of them get f***ed up because... Oh, God uh, Sorry, didn't mean to... Yeah, anyway. Um, I think a lot of them get messed up because of um, people leave the batteries in them, right? And then over time, they get it gross. I, I know what you're talking about. Like, the, you get the kind of, like, wavy screen, and then it's not as dark as it should be, and then it eventually just fades. Yeah, it just kind of, like, fa- like the LCD part just kind of, like, fades out. Because, you know, those, like, Mattel football and all those, like, really piercingly bright LEDs, like, those are pretty much held up over time. Yeah, I don't know about those. I, um, something to look into. It, we should there have, we like, an actual, like, I'm sure there are people who, like, primarily collect Tiger handhelds. Or it's at least in LCD the games. depths of the ideas list. Is handheld it, it, LCD it games. is for someone to come on here and school us good about why these things are good and why they're important and why I should not openly poop all over them. I bet that's the natural progression for people who collect Game and Watch, right? Like they get all the Game and Watch shit and they're like, well, I wouldn't still collect LCD games. And then they go and collect all the Tiger handhelds stuff. If you're collecting Game & Watch for any other reason than it says Nintendo on it, like, what are you doing, dude? So, <laughs> in your analogy, then, is, like, Sega Genesis, or is a Tiger handhelds the Sega Genesis of the collecting world? Like, I bought the, all this these Nintendo games, so I might as well get some oh, Genesis stuff. Y- yes. Sure. All right, there it is. Stefan sure. totally shitting all over yeah. Sega Genesis. Tiger Steph- Electronics. Stefan hates Genesis. The Sega Genesis of <laughs> LCDs. <laughs> Stefan Reese, 2019. Tiger does what Genesis don't. All right, well, Stefan, you also have a game to talk about. We've got a couple of these. Uh, we each have two, as a matter of fact, for this episode. We'll have more episodes like this. This will be a cycle of show. We have been uh, telling the audience for a while we have, like, episode ideas that will you know come in batches this is one of those um so you can be prepared for maybe more tighter episodes of of this kind of stuff but um stefan what's your game my game is shadow run uh so shadow run is actually a property that was important to me as a kid i uh, grew up playing battletech by fossa which is the same company that sprung forth shadow run so that's that was my introduction to it it's uh a RPG set in a uh, cyberpunk world in which uh, fantasy also exists. So you, fantasy and magic. So you have, you know, the the deep kind of more guttural uh, cyberpunk theme. But then laid into that is like elves and magic and orcs and stuff. And so it's it's a kind of a unique spin on the traditional cyberpunk uh, universe. But uh, they did uh, two games for console, Genesis and Super Nintendo. And then much, much later, a 360 game that I won't get into, but that's also, I believe, called Shadowrun. Today we're talking about the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Uh, They were developed by two different uh, developers, which would explain their differences. Sometimes you get different games from the same publisher, like the one I'll talk about later, but but in this case it was the Genesis one was developed by Beam, and the Super Nintendo one was developed by Blue Sky. The Genesis one, uh, complete, is going to run you probably around $70. Uh, loose, it's 30 but you're a monster if you're buying it. 
uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo One, um, Super Nintendo One Complete is about one eighty. Uh, loose, it's around forty bucks. Uh, both of them are action RPGs. The controls handle a little bit differently. Uh, the big dramatic differences, though, is that the Super Nintendo One is a very l- linear storyline, while the Genesis is more open world. And then the Matrix, which is the virtual world in which you jack into and spend a lot of time in, is much, 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 much more developed in the Genesis version. And so it is my preference so if you're looking for you know playability i think the genesis one is your your choice and it's also quite a bit cheaper but from a uh, strictly collectible standpoint if you want uh then the super nintendo version is going to probably be your better your better buy and uh just to piggyback on what you're saying yes there is that 361 it's about ten dollars if you want to go waste your money on that i also don't think and don't quote me, but I th- I don't think it's currently playable because I think it's online only, and I believe the servers no longer exist. Oh, is that uh, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a it was like an arena fighter, like um, quake, weapon arena stuff like that. All right. Well, Stefan, you, you go. Uh, you just blew my mind here. So you started saying like immediately right from the start, you're like, it's never been on PC. I'm like. Uh, or you said like it's just on Genesis and SNES. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's been on like Amiga. It's been on DOS. It's been on everything. And uh, you know how every once in a while you get two games mixed up, like Galaxy Force Two and Thunder Force Two. I thought were the same game for basically my entire life. So yeah, like what I was Syndicate, saying with Ninja Gaiden and Shinobi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Syndicate and Shadowrun. I thought were the same game for my entire life until this moment because they're both strategy or not strategy they're both rpgs with like a cyberpunky theme yep. uh, syndicate's more of a tactical one but geez i just my whole world has been shattered i don't know what, what's happening right now the game i did that with is uh wild guns and sunset riders uh, as a kid i confused those all the time yeah i intentionally did not look at pc or micro pc or any of that any of those platforms uh because we don't generally focus on that here no, so. I, don't, I don't think Shadowrun is. I just know Syndicate no, is like I, everything. No, I think oh, okay. it's only those three systems. I, oh, I mean, at least in the U.S., European. I don't know. Mainly, like, we try to keep it to, to U.S. stuff. Only if we want to anecdotally spruce up our tails by uh, talking some of the European stuff. Yeah, but Stefan, uh, the Shadowrun tabletop RPG is the first edition that came out in 1989. A lot more collectible than, like, the fourth and fifth editions. Yep. I mean, that's that's going to be... <laughs> true for just about any tabletop rpg is the first edition from a collectible standpoint is going to be uh more valuable what's everybody's favorite shadowrun edition everyone really is playing 3.5 though right uh that would be D that you're thinking of <laughs> there's actually a, a new they they just announced the sixth edition of shadowrun um that's currently in print so that will be interesting i have a question uh stefan and you can tell me if this is true, because I always associate people to this. But uh, if you like Shadowrun, do you also like Rifts? Yeah, they're pretty similar. I would I would say yes, most likely. And then also a lot of, I think GURPS is also very popular among yeah. that crowd as well. I mean, I think if you play GURPS, you play Rifts, right? I think... Well, well they maybe, even have, they even have like, settings for for Rifts in GURPS. Like, you can play a, a, a Rifts version of GURPS. All right there, there you go for all you RPG nerds. Now you know we're hardcore. Yep. 
Right. I was just starting that as a joke because I figured if anyone was going to comment on Shadowrun, it would be Stefan. The only thing I could add to this is that the Elite Dangerous RPG is freaking horrible and nobody should play it. There we go. All right. Uh, so, Tyler, we are back to you for your second and last game for this episode. What'd you pick? Something amazing? Uh, no, not at all. I just was sticking with the ninja theme and I thought of a game that I don't even like that much. Strider! Uh, which is <laughs> way to sell it, Tyler. So uh, wow, <laughs> um, there goes my childhood. I no, like okay, I like I like Arcade Strider, another one of these games that I basically have never seen in any of the arcades that I've grown up in. It's also not a game that people really, or not a genre that people really collect a lot. What is it, hack and slash? I guess, but because everybody loves Strider, it's like a three hundred dollar arcade PCB. Uh, I don't even know if there's dedicated cabinets because it's a CPS one game. Does and either of you know more about arcade games than I do? Do CPS no. games have cabinets? You, you're gonna be our you're gonna be our guy on that one. So uh, Strider, everyone loved it in arcades for two years, and then Street Fighter two came out, and then from that point on, who cared about anything that was happening in arcades? But it got ported around that time, or 1990. It got ported to the Sega Genesis. And it was one whoa. of like whoa whoa eighty nine arcade whoa. game to a nineteen ninety Genesis game, and the and the port is like super good. I I wanted to find it in one of those Genesis does commercials, but I guess it just wasn't released at the time those commercials were being made. But I do know Strider like early killer app, early system seller because it was so close to the arcades. Uh, so everybody bought it. Uh, so it's thirty five dollars complete. It's it's weird too because everyone compares it to the NES version, like so much better on the Genesis. I'm like, well. One is on an 8-bit system, one is on a 16-bit system, and it's coming from an arcade port. Like, which one should be better? Like, uh, to me, it people, like, really get down on the NES version, but I'm like, that's a much different experience. It It's totally different. We'll get there. Yeah. So all, all of the games I'm talking about were c- developed at the same time, uh, and some of them not talking with other teams. So uh, the Sega Master System game, uh, it's about $50 complete, but that's one of these games that people bring in from other regions. So it's one of these, there's like four of them, like Golden Axe Warrior and Sonic, two of the most expensive games on the platform. Uh, and also Strider. So that's a $50 game complete. If you're a sane person, the last one sold just a couple days ago for $170 with the UPC sticker on the back. Woo. Johnny, you know more about these UPC stickers. They're game specific, right? So I couldn't take this UPC from right. this and they, put it They to are Sonic. game specific. Okay. And what, look, UPC stickers on Sega Master System games, it's not a different game. It's the exact same game, same manual, same everything. Basically, when these games got here, they just, Master System wanted to bring a few games over, and it was like towards the end of the, the life cycle, at least over here, because Master System did gangbusters. Uh, for a long time after it didn't work out in the U.S. They just put these stickers on them right over the UPC code. So the barcode on the back, they just put a sticker over that. And that sticker, uh, you know, creates a lot of value. And I used to harp about how stupid it is that a sticker costs that much value. And then a Mario with a sticker (laughs) on it sold for like a million dollars. So what the shit do I know about stickers? I obviously have zero credibility now. It's true. The stickers are important. I don't know. We're old people, Johnny. We're gonna. We're just these old set collectors who don't understand that a true game collection should consist of ten games that you poured your life savings into, the ten yes. most important games. True. Uh, True. 
So I didn't I didn't look up the Sega Master System before recording this, but it actually does look like a pretty good version of the game. So I I would say the most defining thing in Strider, number one, big ass sword. Um, so in the arcade version, at least, you can upgrade your sword and it's almost the entire length of the screen. That's what Strider does. And the other thing is he does this cartwheel jump, which it's just the most fantastical thing for some reason, because you do this floaty slow motion cartwheel jump. I love it. And I saw that in the Master System game, so I like it. Both of those things, the most iconic things in Strider, do not make it to the NES version, because Strider was developed as three things. It was a manga, it was the arcade game, and it was the NES game, all developed at the same time. And the NES game was more strictly based on the manga, uh, and it it just kind of sucks. Um, it's a Metroid-ish game. It's like an adventure where you like get keys and abilities to move around the map, and it's nobody's favorite game for. What I it, loved Strider. It's Johnny's I loved favorite that game. game. As a kid, not no like I, but I didn't know any. I never played it in the arcade. I never saw the Genesis or Master System version. This was the only game I knew. And then someone showed me the and like the sword swinging was so cool in it. Like you have this big like arcing sword but it's so and not then, in the nes version it's so wimpy but, but i that's based on comparison i didn't have a comparison and then i later played the genesis version and then just kind of felt bad about the nes version but i i, I came back to it and I'm like you know what i like this game and like reminds me a lot of like bionic commando oh you know not not in the way you progress through the levels but in the in the art style um yeah, yeah i like it because it's a capcom game yeah, I, I like it a lot. And, uh, you know, then I played the PlayStation Strider 2. And, uh, you know, we won't speak of that. So I would say the most notable most notable thing from a collectability standpoint about Strider is it comes in a purple Capcom box. So you want to have that cool shelf where you have Mega Man 2 and whatever all those stupid Capcom games are. You got to have strider in there and that's the only reason strider is worth more than 20 bucks uh i've never heard anyone but johnny say anything good about this game and uh, i know it's super busted because i remember on uh what is it games done quick they did a speed run tutorial and they're like anyone can beat this game in five minutes because it's just super broken and there was a tutorial on follow along at home and beat strider with us because this game sucks (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny i've i will have to go watch that also, like the UPC sticker, probably is that the most collectible version you think, or like like has to be right? I I mean yeah, because there's people out there who will pay crazy money for the UPC. I mean there's no like weird variants. I mean the arcade version is nope. the most collectible if you really want to get into it because an arcade there's nothing about an arcade PCB that inherently makes it worth like three or four hundred dollars. It's because people want that game, right? But we're we're talking to console people, so UPC sticker it is, hooray! <laughs> and I bet stickers only get more expensive now. Anyways. I guess is that the world? I mean, I don't know. So the we thing live is, in a brave new the, a lot of people coming in like these people with big money. I don't think they gave a shit about the Sega Master System. Not only because it's Sega, because it is such a footnote in history. Yeah, well, at least in the U.S. Anyways, yeah. So it guys, did so much better. The game library goes from like what is it like 114 or something to like 600 like mortal Kombat three was released on the second master system or something sonic chaos is on it like <laughs> there's a lot of cool master system games i like to check out uh, if you ever dig but you have to dig into the library and obviously 
going to Europe. Everyone talks about the Saturn library and how the European library is so much cooler. I would argue that maybe the master system has like, and the jump is even wider on how much cooler it gets. If you look at the European games, I mean, it gets cooler from like, boy, it sure is interesting. They got games into the mid and late nineties. And then you look at them and it's like, Oh, they're low budget Sega master system games from the mid to late nineties. Like, okay. I could play nobody's favorite Shinobi game, nobody's favorite outrun game, nobody's favorite versions of mortal Kombat. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of sweet Genesis, uh, ports. I like, they're almost like D makes. <laughs> there's some good stuff on that. I think Ultima four, I think is on master system, right? And that's a European yep. exclusive. Golden Axe warrior is, uh, well, no, the Ultima thing is like a weird, Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Some people say Ultima is released in the U.S. Huh. Fun fact. Fun Happy fact. I don't have to deal with this. None of these are named Anyways. Strider, though. Yep, none of them um, are named Strider. Also... Anyways, I, I'm moving us on, and I'm getting to The Adventures of Batman and Robin. And this is uh, basically the Batman and Robin that is based on the animated series, and it's on a lot of different systems... It's on the Game Boy, it's on the Sega CD, it's on Game Gear, it's on Genesis, Super Nintendo, and there's even a Tiger handheld of it, um, But and I, I didn't look for the European stuff if it was anywhere else. So the game is like wide, wide, widely considered pretty good, but it is not the same game on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. So the Sega stuff is different than, these are all pretty much different, like one is more platformy, one is more beat em up style. It, so careful what you're looking for. Uh, if you if you just see this game and you're like wondering which system to play it on, you should really do your research. Like if you hate uh, you know certain styles of game, you should investigate before you just buy based on collectability of this game. Like if you're looking to play collectability, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. But on the Game Boy, it's kind of expensive. You know, it's $30 for a loose cart, roughly, which for a Game Boy game is expensive for, like, some of their just basic loose carts. Inbox, you know, can be up to, like, I've seen $100, up to $170 just recently. So, you know, Game Boy boxes, it always depends who's in the mood, who's collecting right then. If someone needs it for their set or, or whatever, how many have been on eBay. So Game Boy stuff can really spike. On the Sega CD, it's $50. Uh, there is no loose price because don't buy a loose Sega CD games. That's garbage. Don't do that. Tyler, back me up here, right? Uh, yeah, play that version though. Yeah, yeah it's no, all it's cool that's, in 3D. It's all like vehicle stages. You get to fly the Batwing, get to drive the Batmobile. It's neat. Yeah, it's uh, fun stuff. I the Sega CD one also like for me as a collectible. Uh, this is something that's near and dear to Stefan. Just the bigger art, so you get to like see the full art. Of it, and then there's a few things nicer looking than a nice case for a Sega CD or Saturn with like the big art and the nice spine where you can read it at a distance on a shelf. So that, and it's not that expensive. So that's like a really good one to target if you're looking uh, at those and you already collect Sega CD. It's a good one to put on your shelf. Game Gear, again, it's a nothing cart, it's $5, but if you want it complete, then you're going to have to find it. It's not that uncommon, but still, any stupid Game Gear game that people care about is suddenly $70, but that is not the same game, obviously, as the Genesis one. That one's not too expensive cart only, 
It's like $15, but condition is a big deal here. Partially because this game was made in multiple factories. So you have like the Mexico factories, which make like kind of the blurry labels for Genesis and the, the prints much worse, like on the boxes too. So it is a cardboard box game. That's another thing. So if you want a minty copy of this, you could spend well over a hundred dollars. Or if you just buy an average copy, you could pick it up for $65 to $75. So there's that. And then the Super Nintendo, because Super Nintendo does things like this, a card only is $60, bucks, and then suddenly you're spending $250 if you want it complete in box. So, what do you want me to say? Oh, and the Tiger handheld is a spe- it's one of these later Tiger ones. It's the Barcodes edition that Tyler is super jealous he didn't have as a child. Yeah. Um, it's $10 if you want it loose, and even complete, it's only like $30, so there you go. Uh, my pick is the Sega CD one, and unless you collect Super Nintendo, then pay that Super Nintendo premium. But it was like, when I started getting more heavily into Super Nintendo, it was like one of the first things I went after, because I love Batman and I love Super Nintendo, and the animated series is amazing. So, you know, you can't really go wrong. Both games are good in their own right to play, too, so like both versions, Super Nintendo and Genesis... And, and Sega CD, I would not play it on Game Gear if you can avoid it. And the Game Boy 1 is not good either. Pretty much true of any game. Don't play it on Game Gear. Yeah, well, Shining Force. I, I mean, it has some exclusives. Game Gear has a few exclusives that are worth playing. So I don't want to just blanket statement that. But if you can play it on something else, probably a better idea. Uh, game Gear is basically just a master system. It is. So... I, I can't contribute to this conversation, Johnny. I just I've only played the Sega CD version. I've heard people say that they like the vehicle stages of the Genesis version, and the Sega CD one is just that. I would be pretty sad if I had it as a kid because it's really repetitive. But hey, if you're an adult, you could probably get an idea of what the game is in ten minutes, and then put it on your shelf and be like, "Well, at least I played one of my freaking games." I'm yeah. an adult. <laughs> you can do those things. Spend that money. Get those games. Mine those gems. Mine those gems, Johnny. <laughs> Uh, that that takes us to Stefan and his last game. What do you got for us, Stefan? The Pirates of Darkwater. Wait, what's that? that? Uh, so, uh, Pirates of Darkwater was a cartoon in the early '90s uh, that actually never came. It, it never finished its its uh, original premise, which was it's uh. a it's a it's a pirate uh, show set on another planet. So it's a sort of an alien pirate show uh, in which the this prince is tasked uh, to find the 13 treasures of rule, which they remind you about in the intro every show, and they never found all of them. Oh, my God. So Johnny and I have uh, run a support group about this show because we are just devastated that they never completed (laughs) the 13 treasures of rule. In 21 episodes, they totally had time. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it is an let ama- me No, go ahead. Let me jump on yep, you yep, just yep. for a second. So, Stefan, we, we were talking about the episode, and Stefan's like, okay, I'm picking Pirates of Dark Water, and I know he did not expect an emotional response from me, and he just got me being sad. Just feeling sad, like, you know, as sad as I felt today, like in the last couple of days, at least, like any amount of sadness. Uh, watching my son cry will sometimes make me sad, like if I can't help him. But this made me as sad as that because this is something I get upset about maybe once a year since I was like 12 years old. This, I'm not even kidding. I'm just like, 
man, they never finished Pirates of Dark Water. I'll never know how it ends. It was my first experience having a show canceled out from under me. Thanks, Fox. Really appreciate that. Uh, you know, it was my first Firefly experience, basically. Yeah. This was the first Firefox or the first uh, Firefly for me. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, what happens to Ren? What? Where does the where does the dark water come from? Will he save his dad? Like I I don't know what's happening. So was this like a really serial show? Then you're making it sound like yeah oh oh yeah yeah hundred percent oh yeah. all right yeah it was it was one of the like early shows with like strict continuity and I can't remember that yeah. did they take his dad or did he die in the first episode I don't remember like dies in the lighthouse or maybe falls in the dark water I can't exactly I remember. would be super surprised if somewhere there wasn't an outline for the rest of the series though like it was that serial right like they- yeah well it was there's like an interesting thing about it too because the show started out super dark like with killing in it and then they were told they had to lighten it up <laughs> because it it did this dual thing that cartoons did back in the day when they had Saturday morning cartoons. So it was running like after school block, but also on Saturday mornings. And there was different rules depending on when you were airing. And I can't remember which was which. I think if it was just after school, you could be a little darker. But if you were on Saturday morning, you had to lighten it up. So they had like, and they, these episodes were playing interweaved. Um, So continuity was a pain in the ass, but you could, uh, you could get away with different things, but yeah, they were told they had to change the tone of Pirates of Dark Water because it was a little too serious in the beginning. Yeah, so I think maybe it does start with his dad dying. Anyways, you can look that up, and you can find out why Stefan and I are sad, and you can learn about Nidler the Monkey Bird. You can learn about all of this and get sad with us, and uh, then you can join our group. We've got a, a, a private group uh, that we maintain, <laughs> that we, it's invite only, so come to us with your Pirates of Dark Water story. And, uh, you know, we will tell you about our, our special group, the, the <laughs> never-ending treasures of rule. Why would right. I want to start something that doesn't end? Like, if Return of the King never came out, would you be like, you have to read these first two Lord of the Rings books? They're so good. Yes. You know, yes. it's I will too give bad you an we'll never know what, what happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, uh, Game of Thrones, when it was just books. Yeah. Uh, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. That's a great standalone book. Wheel of Time before they decided to finish it. Yeah. Wheel of Time. uh, Dude just died like we all knew he would. (laughs) Thanks, Robert Jordan. So, yeah, I'm, you know, it makes Mm -hmm. me like it's hard to make a series popular if you're unwilling to buy books because you're afraid that people won't complete the series. People always say, well, I'm just going to wait till they complete it. But then if no one buys it, then no series will ever be completed. It's you know, I think I think Game of Thrones will be completed, and I'm not buying it until it is. And if George R. R. Martin dies, then someone call Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, I was gonna say they'd probably get Brandon Sanderson to do it. I mean, it doesn't matter. It Game of Thrones. Uh, look, man, Sanderson is a machine. If you guys don't know it, this guy just turns out quality books left and right. Well, and he and fi- then I got he, like he was on that finished the wheel of time too, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then like you got Patrick Rothfuss, who's been who told us that his books were done eight years ago and then he spent editing and then it was like changed. And then he gets really complaining when anyone asks him about his book and people like defend him like, Oh, he's not your bitch. He's an artist and all, all this stuff. It's like, well, look, man, you're the one who told me you set my expectations a long time ago. I'm just saying for an author, it's taken a little while to get this book out and you can't expect people not to get impatient after this much time. Sure. All those people who want to like, 
try and dear themselves to him. It's like, we'll wait. I would rather have a quality book, okay? I'd rather just wait for the best possible thing, even if it takes a hundred years. People get hit by buses every single day. I I would just rather have a resolution at this point. I'm a guy who likes to check boxes. Clearly, I'm a collector. So yeah, please just give me the third book. That's my end rant. <laughs> I love that we haven't even started talking about the games yet. Yeah. All right, that's Pirates <laughs> of Dark Water, guys. <laughs> Pirates of Dark Water. Stefan, take us into it. <laughs> so, uh, so there's actually. So I know uh, the conventional wisdom is that there are two games, but there are three, and I will talk about that third one. Ooh. So the first two, uh, which I think most people are familiar with, is the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo versions. Uh, both of them by Sunsoft, which always makes me scratch my head when you get two same developer with two different visions of a game that w- uh, that were uh, both developed by some developer. But uh, so the Super Nintendo one is going to be the pricier one if you want it complete. It's 150 bucks and loose is 55. For Genesis, uh, the much cheaper option uh, complete is 65. Uh, where the loose cart is actually $15. So if you are a monster and do collect cart-only Genesis, then it'll be a very cheap buy for you. The Genesis is sort of like a, a, a lukewarm average platformer, but it is the uh, probably the better game because the SNES is a super meh beat-em-up. Um, so, yeah, and uh, the system with a bunch of great beat-em-ups, you make this terrible one. Yeah, and like it's one of those things where like his like he's he's got like a really short weapon with no reach and like there's just no uh it's 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 just not it's not great. It's not a great uh beat 'em up. So play the Genesis one, but obviously buy the Super Nintendo one because, you know, it's like twice the value, more than twice the value. And that's what we recommend on Collector's Quest. Whatever's more expensive, that's what you should buy. That's what you've been hawking for the last few episodes, sir. So I don't know. I I know. Why why do you get all surprised when I talk about investments when that's all you talk about? Just tell us about your (laughs) (laughs) indeed. So uh, you might have noticed that uh, during the last few uh, conversations uh, on this episode, I wasn't really contributing. It's because when Tyler uh, was talking about the Ninja Gaiden LCD, I was like, huh. I wonder if there's a Pirates of Darkwater LCD. So I've been trying to find one and buy one before I told you about it. Uh, I so I wasn't contributing. But but I wasn't able to find it. So here's the thing. So it's a it's a UK exclusive uh, brand called Sistema. Uh, and um, and so, because uh, they also put out stuff like that. There's a Doctor Who handheld and all these um, region-specific stuff, or at least at the time, Doctor Ooh, Who was region-specific. are you getting that one? Uh, maybe it's cheap, um, but uh, I was not able to find the Pirates of Darkwater one, but I did find a photo of it, uh, and like like a collector's photo, like a dude took a picture of it, not like a catalog photo. So it is out there. So if you have one and you want to sell it, at me, bro. Was it on me. Handheld Museum? Oh, uh, yeah. That's where I saw it. That guy sold his collection a few years ago. He has everything, or he used to have everything. That's a really cool yes. website. Um. Yeah, I was going to say, if it dark. doesn't scan barcodes, just forget it. Johnny had the coolest <laughs> LCD game of the show, bar none. It is barcode. Barcode's so cool that they needed two Zs at the end of it. It is barcodes. B- it is bright orange, though. So, I mean, that's kind of... It, cool. is, pre- it is pretty cool looking. I, I did see <laughs> it. Cool. When you said, I have a surprise one, I'm like, I bet it's an LCD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'd never uh, heard of it in my life. And it, again, it's a, it's a you know UK exclusive, so... 
And I'm, I just want everyone to know, I just changed the name of our support group. It's now Pirates of Dark Water Rules for the 13 Treasures of Rule. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you guys to just appreciate that, uh, that I made that. That's that's our official name now. If you want to join us. Um, Do I have an invite you know. yet? I'm <laughs> I better yeah. have an invite. Uh, uh, oh, there, it's going to be on Facebook. We'll have a private group. You can contribute to the discussion. That's Maybe so you can funny. show off your action figure collection. I don't know. I need to buy that URL now. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's, hey, guys. Uh, Pirates of Darkwater. Yep. We uh, we did it. We gave you guys two each, and we will, we will kind of do this. Um, let us know if you want to hear more about the gameplay stuff or more about the collectability. My, my theory was that we are a show for collectors and there's a lot of different videos you can go watch that kind of will show you the difference in gameplay better than we can explain in words. But if you want more of a description of that, let us know before we do the next one. Cause I was like, now let's just keep it to the collectible aspect and what we want to do there. But we had a discussion about it and I figure I toss it back at the audience. You tell me what you think there and, uh, you know, change my mind. So Tyler, would you like to move us to the second half of the show or do you have something else? I don't have anything else, Johnny. Well, that is so weird. I'm sorry. No, that's I'm totally fine with that. All right, guys. What have you bought and did you play anything? Uh, let's go ahead and start with Tyler. All right. Just because I want all right, now I have my one more thing. Uh, I have I have to fit this in <laughs> somewhere because it's such a weird thing. Uh, we talked about it a little. So on WADA, not on WADA, on Heritage Auctions, a graded 5.0 Legend of Zelda. Uh, first print sold for $1,300, and that really, like, at first I'm just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If it was, like, you know, mint condition, mint condition first print Nintendo thing, like, whatever. I don't care what it sells for. Someone really wanted it. They have infinite money. But if you're the person with infinite money, get the nice thing at least, right? I don't care what you spend on the nice thing, uh, but all right. So that, I saw that, and I'm like, what is the world coming to I don't care about first print stuff because I'm not one of these guys, but I'm like, am I going to regret in 10 years if I don't go and buy a first print Zelda? And at this point, I have no concept of how rare a first print Zelda is. I'm like, it's the Legend of Zelda. There must be at least like a million copies of it. And so I own a couple of copies of Legend of Zelda. So I check both of my copies and I already own two first print Zeldas uh, in way better condition than this $1,300 one. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's a way off my chest. Get that on Heritage what i don't think you can just sell something you have to like talk to their consigner and stuff it's just just seems like a whole big hassle that i don't want to deal with i'm just gonna i'm just gonna save it johnny and it's gonna be worth fifty thousand dollars one day for that first print zelda okay that's not true don't invest in first print zeldas since you're lazy and you don't like to talk to people tyler i actually do have an account that's set up for selling a few what do you have to do to sell? You have to like, because it, it, there's no like just list your item for sale. It's like talk to our consigners, tell them what you have, and we'll see if we can fit you in. If you yeah, meet our I, minimum standards. I did this a, little, a while ago when I was selling comics on Heritage. So. You're so damn fancy. Anyway, what I actually bought, um, I bought uh, Super Mario World Complete in Box. Um, I've been it was really nice. Hooray! For a long time. Uh, it's it's easy enough to find great, uh, player's choice copy, but... It's one of my favorite games ever, and now I have my 10 favorite games ever complete. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, it's a nice condition game, and that you're right, that black box version is hard to find. And those 10 favorite games are? It's like all the freaking Mario and Zelda games. Like, there's nothing exciting in there except for Ninja Gaiden 3. 
I'll post a picture of them all together on Instagram. That'll make you happy. Yeah. Fave 10. Tag them. Make a tag. Tag your friends. It's fave, fave 10 week RCE on Instagram, everybody. Every day, post your favorite 10 games yeah. in a different way. CQ, Fave 10, right now. Okay. Um, did you play anything this week, or are you too busy to play So, games? I just realized every single game I played is... It has a same name, different game story attached to it. Oh, yeah? So I played Ninja Gaiden on Sega Master System. Uh, pretty good game. I like it. Not great. I played Ninja Gaiden on Game Gear because I'm like doing research for the show. And then Johnny's like, we're not going to be talking about gameplay at all. And I'm like, no, Johnny. I played these Ninja Gaiden games for three hours. We're going to be talking about some gameplay. <laughs> so I talked about that a little. And then I just happened to play NBA Hangtime 95 on the Sega CD. Yeah, which is different from... I was ones. like, you know what? I like NBA Jam. Great game. NBA Hangtime. Cool game, too. I played it a little bit on the N64. I'm like, let's go check out the Sega CD version. I love the Sega CD. And it's like, it's a 3D half-court facing-the-net perspective basketball game. And it is utter garbage. And my entire life, I thought it was a Hangtime port. Uh, no, totally nope. different game. I had no idea. Yeah. I've... I've told people to not feel bad about buying it because sometimes you buy a hundred dollar game and you feel bad about it. It's like, don't worry about it. It's a sports game, but hang time is freaking awesome. And that game is not awesome. So yeah, I think also people, a lot of people don't know the difference between like the confusion games. I think hang time and jam is a game people confuse. I think everyone just defaults to jam. And then some people talk about hang time. Never. I don't know. Yeah, I think, but that's what I mean. I think they are talking about hang time sometimes, but they mean jam. Or they're, ta- they're talking about jam and they meant hang time. They just have no concept. Maybe. Because everyone just defaults to that. Yeah. Get your stuff right. Anyways. Listen to the Collector's Quest. We'll tell you about NBA Hang Time 95. I'm sorry. tell you about some obscure Is games. It ESPN Hang Time 95? I don't even think it has the NBA license. What a weird thing. Yeah, I think it's just ESPN. All right. Stefan, how many jackets did you buy <laughs> since last time we spoke? Zero jackets. Whoa, what? That's right, not a single but I jacket. Heard you, you got some stuff okay, from Joey. What, <laughs> yeah, what What did you buy that you can wear? Uh, because you love people's old clothes. I do. But you love to pay a premium. You're like that guy who goes to like vintage, uh, vintage thrift stores. I guess they're vintage secondhand now, and everything is expensive and stuff. And it like doesn't smell like urine, so that's good. But um. What'd you get? I don't think I bought any wearables this time around. Really? Yeah. That is so not like you in the last three yeah. months. I did, however, buy a 15-year Nintendo Employee Service Award, which is awesome. And you can see that on my Instagram. It's the uh, it's a, a framed print with the signatures of all of the um, the senior leadership for Nintendo at the time. So uh, j- just out of out of happenstance, um, Reggie Fizeme is actually a signature on the one that I purchased. So that's also a signature that I've been wanting that I uh, didn't have. So that was a nice surprise when I uh, realized that was on there. You say the one that you purchased as is like, you know, as opposed to the other 15-year service awards that are floating around out there. So, so... I was being really choosy. Well, well, the thing is, is that, you know, as you guys might imagine, I do speak to quite a few former Nintendo employees, so I do see them, but the service awards in particular, especially when you get to like the 15-year, the 20-year, the 25, um, which I'll probably end up talking more about next time we talk, 
the those service awards you really like those are the things that they want to hang on to like they go like yeah i'll get rid of all this other weird shit that i have but the service awards really mean a lot to me it took me 15 years it took me 20 years uh to to acquire these and so um you don't see them for you so i see them a lot like hanging on the walls of the people who i talk to but i don't tend to um to be able to get them to sell them so really the magic formula is finding someone who has is them jaded yeah is, is has them now? but left on poor terms or yeah. left or or it's been so long that they don't care or that they went into another industry that that was the case with my the guy that i found um is that he went into a completely different industry restarted his career has no fondness for nintendo uh and so was willing to sell them to me so Stefan, um, you've effectively learned how to target disenfranchised former employees and get their stuff. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> did you get anything else? Uh, I bought a super uh, super NT from Analog. Uh, the um, the super is that the Nintendo really expensive one? one, or is that the reasonable? one? That is the reasonable one. That's the Super Nintendo one, not the NES one. Um, okay. So yeah, about that. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm looking around my room. I don't think I really bought anything. It's been two weeks since we recorded, Stefan. You bought a Kids' Choice Award. Oh yeah, I did that too. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought I had already oh did that. Uh, yeah, so I did also purchase a a, a Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award. Um, unfortunately, I can't uh, tell you who it's from. But as, as can you say what the, the award is for? I cannot, because oh. uh, that would that would immediately tell you who it was from. Right. Um, so, uh, but uh, can you say the it is. Nope. God damn it. <laughs> um, but there, I did actually uh, post a YouTube video up uh, about that, and it shows the award in great detail. Um, also, you get to look through it because those all those awards are kaleidoscopes, uh, which isn't something that you commonly see footage of. So if you want to see what it actually looks like inside a Kids' Choice Award, uh, then uh, you can check out my YouTube video on that. I'm also going to mention that you bought... Mass Effect Andromeda, because you hate yourself. Yes, a, a EA uh, company store. Uh, work took me this weekend up to uh, EA. Uh, I was up there for a, a Facebook convention, and I um, I stopped by to visit some friends, and I hit up the employee store. So I wanted to get some employee stickered copies of some games, and uh, so I did that. Did you get Parodius? Uh, yeah, I did. I bought uh, a few things from uh, Red the Game Shark, who is our, our favorite person to name drop on this podcast, besides me when I wasn't on the podcast. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, it, it just happens that, that I really only buy Super Famicom games uh, at conventions, and typically he's at them and, and selling stuff that I want. So I did, I bought a copy of Proteus. Um, a copy of Bahamut Lagoon, um, a couple other things. Samurai Spirits, perhaps, from our friend Super Sparkster. Johnny, how oh, do I did, you yes. know what Stefan bought better than he was, Stefan knows what he, he bought? Because he was there. <laughs> I was with him. Yes, yeah, that too. A uh, An AES copy of, uh, of uh, Samurai Showdown or Samurai Spirits, as, as our friends from uh, Japan refer to it. Is your yes, Kids' Choice yeah, Award the 1992 Best Actor, and it's Bill Cosby, and that's why you can't tell us where you got it, because you're embarrassed? No, but that would be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that uh, Man, Bill Cosby, that's not a name anyone wants to hear anymore. 
Do you think that hurt the sale of Jello pudding pops? Is that a thing they still sell? Yeah, I don't know that they still sell them. I don't know what a Jello pudding pop them. is, so I'm gonna oh guess they God. don't sell. Them. Well, and I think, but Jello as a brand, I think, is now such a cultural standard that they don't need to advertise. Like, when do you see Jello commercials at all? J e l l o. They've had lots of commercials for a long time. Yeah, but not now. You don't see Jello Dude, commercials now. I don't now. see commercials they now. They put the wiggle in the cup. I don't see commercials now because everything is digital. The only commercials I see are the are people who want to pay for the same four commercials on a streaming service. All right. So people who, people who are listening to this who still watch broadcast TV, you let us know if you see Jello commercials. <laughs> I think that's also something that's probably advertised midday to like moms and uh, like during cartoon blocks. Yeah. So it, it, it's got, you got to be a specific block to even be seeing those commercials. Uh, all right. I'm going to get us going again. I'm going to tell you what I bought and I'm going to tell you what I played. Is that all right, guys? No, because I haven't said what I played. Oh, did you play something? Uh, I, I assumed you did. When do you have time to play any games? You I have, have so many been, other things going on. I have been playing a, a irresponsible amount of EverQuest. <laughs> oh god yeah uh on the progression server yeah you big nerd yeah so they they launched a 20th anniversary progression server where like base xp is like double what it is on live so uh you can actually progress fairly quickly and uh i've been playing a lot on that and having a lot of fun screw you guys it's awesome okay i've been there i just have a repetitive strain injury now and i don't play addictive online computer games that is so sad I didn't buy much over this two weeks. I, I mean, I bought Kadash in box for the TurboGrafx-16. Uh, it's a game I I like very much the cover art of. If you haven't seen it, it looks great. It's like, it's like you know, a high fantasy stuff. Or not even high fantasy, just like swords and sorcery box art. It reminds you of exactly the era it was from. And that's, you know, my nerd heart loves all that crap, so... Um, I bought that. It's also working designs. So I finally got to check that off the box, you know, pay that working designs premium. I also bought a Scooby-Doo mystery first print on Super Nintendo. Um, first because prints. I, oh, well, the, the difference was the first print has a poster and I wanted the poster. So, uh, cause I love Scooby-Doo. Is it, I'm a dummy. Is it a cool poster? No, it's like a poster of the box. The box isn't terrible or anything. It's like, actually, I like the box art quite a bit. Here, Stefan, uh, any poster that comes folded up is, by definition, not cool. The only posters that are worth anything come rolled. I, why, how are you making that a, a thing? That's a thing. I Limited run games, they include a poster in every one of their games because it costs them 20 cents to produce a poster. But they're all, like, flattened into a box so you can never hang them because they look like garbage. That's not true. Yeah. You don't know anything about framing posters. You can actually have them dry-mounted and they look fine. Fine. They look fine. They look fine. I'm, I'm building that a high-end collection of, of rare gems and collectibles, Stefan. Well, there's some high-end folded to posters, too. I guess like every reminds me of, uh, you know, there's like a whole thing of like band posters that are very collectible that I didn't know about. Like, I know movie posters are a thing, but like it's a lot of concert posters that are super expensive as well. That's like a thing people do. I got that Sonic and Knuckles uh, launch poster. It's folded and I mounted it and it looks great. See, what do you know about posters? Uh, I don't know. I've only got one poster in my game room because I need all the shelf space I can get. Yep. Posters are the bane of all shelf space. Put them on the ceiling or don't. Don't put them anywhere. 
don't don't put them on Gotta the ceiling. Have. What are you saying? Like hanging from the ceiling, or like put them straight flat on the ceiling? Flat on the ceiling. Oh, do you think? Do they? Do you think they make ceiling mount poster frames? Because that would maybe that's a market we could corner. Sounds dangerous. I, I think you can just put a mount. Collectors like, Quest ceiling mount posters. Yeah, they're little C's and Q's that you mount on the <laughs> <That's right>. corner <laughs> yeah. of your posters, and the. Well, let me let me three D print that for you. <laughs> All right, um, I think that does it. Unless anyone has anything else, guys. What are you playing? You playing anything? Oh, I yeah. It's hard to play stuff right now, uh, especially because I have the baby a lot at night. Because uh, my wife works nights. Isn't that the best so, time to play something? No, because he does not sleep really, and to, and then when he sleeps, I pretty much have to sleep, or I might not sleep because he might wake up at one in the morning and decide he's just going to be awake until I go to work at five in the morning yeah. or wake up at five in the morning. So, uh, yeah. So if it's like nine thirty and he goes to bed, I, it's totally weird for me. I'm like, well, I guess it's bedtime now <laughs> or I get irresponsible. And I'm like, now I'm going to go do something cause I've been cooped up. And then he wakes up at like two in the morning. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to bed and only sleeping for an hour and a half and trying to drive an hour to work and an hour home. And, have a baby in the car with me. This feels really irresponsible and I'm super tired and I shouldn't do this to myself, but I don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much how that happens. But I, I have been playing the switch because, Hey, did you know that that's a portable system that you can uh, undock and not have to play on your TV? What? Yep. <laughs> so I, uh, I did that and I've just been playing, Lego Harry Potter because it's easy to pick up. I wanted and I was trying I didn't want to answer this question because I was trying to go one episode without saying Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I really want to know that there's like someone in the audience that was genuinely like flabbergasted by you saying that you could undock the switch. They're like, what? Uh, like, well, huh? What the hell? No. I think everyone should know that. Anyways, uh that's it for the episode then. Everybody, thank you for listening. Tyler, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram, Nintendo Age, Game TZ, kind of YouTube. I'm Default Gen, Default G E N. All right, and Stefan? YouTube, Instagram, uh, Nintendo Age, uh, Archon 1981, A R C H O N 1981. Any new videos that people should be looking for? Uh, I did do a video on the um, Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award. That's the most recent one. Um, uh, you said that one. Any other ones? Yeah, uh, nothing in the pipe right this second. Uh, my this last week has been I've been traveling for work a lot, um, and I actually just got back last night. So I might, if I have inspiration, then I may push one out this weekend, um, which would already be out by the time that uh, that we air this. So probably there's probably another video up. To- all right, cool. Johnny, you're not going to ask me All about right. my videos? I just got my review oh. copy of Nescape. That's right. Follow your oh, dreams, kids. You... If you have a Dang. YouTube channel that gets double-digit views, you too can get a review copy of a game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to. I, You know, Tyler, I there's only one type of video I look forward to. Uh, yeah, doing. I know. I, I You know, I just got a new camera. I've been waiting because my old camera is from like the early 2000s. It's only 720p. It's a real piece of shit. And my new camera. Now you're gonna get the retro gem miner in 4K, and I can make oh, my episode I'm so happy. making fun of people who collect fucking Xbox. Does your new camera have a mic jack? Because you really should use them. Uh, oh no, I got a. I have a separate mic to use now too. It's all. Okay. Oh, we're all set. Man, look how fancy you're getting. Yeah. I can't wait to see the fancy version of retro gem miner. It's gonna be exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> gonna mine them gems. 
All right. And then uh, for those people who don't know what satire is, go look it up. And uh, yeah, uh, you can find me at Johnny underscore Iucci. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. All right. That's it for the show. Thanks very much. And we'll see you in you know, a weekish or two. All right. Bye.